Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is NFL Trend Zone. I am your host, Dustin Baker. I'm here with Wes Johnson, who might be here for a little bit tonight. Uh, he's going to be filled in for by Cody Spears from Texas, who's joined us a couple times, and Jason Bolin, from usual, from the Midwest, state of South Dakota. We're going to talk about all the Week 11 matchups and predictions and kind of look back retroactively at what those teams have done to get to where they are right now. That is on the docket this week. Per usual, we're going to talk about betonline.ag right now. They are back and they're better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season is available, and that involves more prop bets, odds, lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the basketball and football action this season. Head to the new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% off your welcome bonus on that first deposit. Use the promo code BLEAV50, believe 50 to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. As promised, we're going to go through the week 11 slate of games and offer predictions, analysis, the whole nine yards. That's what we got. Uh, we followed up the preseason award show from last week, and we're going to do this one with just some prognostications. So the first game that takes place tomorrow night, or if you're listening to this on Thursday, it'll be this evening. Thursday night football, it's a rematch of the Super Bowl from the 2016 season, the 6-4 and four Patriots at the 4-5 and five Falcons. Cody, I think this is your fourth time on our show. Welcome back, sir. Breakdown in a few words, Patriots-Falcons, and your expectation for that squabble. Well, the Patriots and Falcons always seems to get overhyped. Uh, read something about how this is their fourth time in primetime, and... I don't really see why, because the Patriots always get the upper hand of the Falcons. They've just never been the same since that Super Bowl. Um, the Patriots won four in a row. Ramondre Stevenson went off last week for over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, I think the key for the Patriots to go in here and win this game, and I got them as a lock, is uh, their defense is 14th. And their slot corner and or their defense is 14th against the run. Their slot corner and both of their safeties uh, combined for 10 interceptions, which is good for second in the league. The Falcons' offense is really bad rushing the ball uh, at 29th, 30th in yards per carry. And that New England run defense, you know, uh, they're definitely getting hot lately. Um, Cordero Patterson hurt his ankle in that last game, so we might be seeing some form of Mike Davis and Wayne Gallman. I think this is going to be one of those Thursday night games that everybody complains about, probably like a (laughs) 20-point win differential between both teams. Isn't it in Atlanta, though? But does it matter to you? uh, I really don't think that matters too much. If anything, uh, New England's been... I believe better on the road than they all have been at home, which is a big change from how it used to be. Yeah. They got that Niners itis going. Yep. <laughs> all right. You didn't Denver give me a two. So you said uh, you're saying new England. 
<laughs> True. <laughs> You're saying New England by 20? Uh, yeah, I think New England definitely has this in hand uh, without a without a doubt. I think they make the Falcons offense one-dimensional, which is already kind of one-dimensional. It's Kyle Pitts or bust at this point. Okay. But uh, Bill Belichick is great at taking away that number one weapon. Oh, and yeah. their pass defense is really – uh, stepped up in typical Belichick fashion. You know, they always take four or five games to get things going along. And of course, you know, without Tom Brady, it makes things a little harder. But here we are, week 10. They're uh, five and four. Six and four. Six, Six and four. And yep. they're right there. They're humming. Waiting to go into the playoffs like usual. I hear you. All right, Bolin, you tell me. Tell me about Falcons Patriots. You know, the more I come on this show, the more I analyze and predict games, the the more I realize I don't know anything. I'm taking I'm taking the Falcons in this one. The, I every inch of me wants to go exactly where Cody just went. Logically, that's what should happen. That's not going to happen though. Falcons are going to win this by at least 13 points tomorrow. Holy crap! Yeah. Oh. I, I, I expect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Falcons are going to pull the 500 and they're going to inch the Patriots one game closer to 500. And it's going to create that. Well, it's already a log jam throughout the whole league. Um, But anything I thought I once knew, I don't. Um, And I just see Matt Ryan going completely off, having that one of those kind of games when nobody expects him to do it. Um, Will that happen? Probably not. But that's what I'm predicting. Hey, week 10 was week of the upsets. So, I mean, heck, week 11 coming up, six out of eight division leaders face a team with a sub 500 record. So, yeah, you know, and I, last week, I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. Yeah. You know, in all logical, uh, by all logical explanations, the, you know, Matt Jones is playing good. He's getting everybody involved and Belichick is there, obviously. And, and uh, I, I, I couldn't agree with what you said more, but, the way that things are going this year, I just, I, I just have a feeling the Falcons are going to pull. I guess if you want to call it an upset, um, you know, I remember what four shows ago, Dustin, we we're talking about the Falcons. What were they're like? What one and what were they like? Two and five or yeah, what? Yeah, you they, know, were, so- they were down near, near the cellar, but yeah, they uh, they did pretty well up until let's see, they didn't win last week. They did pretty well, yeah, recently. Yeah, so they didn't even win last week, and they're still only a game under 500, you know, so they've kind of crept back up into there too. And, and this year they're very much, well, I guess I don't know so much about the NFC, but you know, if, uh, a four and five records, not, that's not too shabby really. No, no, not at all. Uh, I like the Patriots here and that's because it's an element of necessity because after this game, and uh, I know teams don't look ahead at schedules, but I don't buy that after this game, they have Tennessee, Buffalo, Indianapolis, and Buffalo in the next Oof. four. So if they want to be playoff contenders and we know that Belichickian teams that, you know, have his full squad, unlike last year with COVID opt-outs, they are playoff teams. And I, I believe really realistically, so long as you have a service, a quarter, serviceable quarterback in there, he will game plan a way to win. So I, I, I predict the Patriots to win about 24 to 13 and kind of a, a boring game. That'll get them to seven and four and give them a cushion to hopefully for their sake, go 500 in the next four games, because once they get over that hump, uh, their last two games are Jacksonville and Miami, which is a, a pretty cushy um, go into the playoff schedule. The funny thing, Cody, you'll appreciate this or laugh about it with uh, Stevenson, Ramondre Stevenson. 
is uh, all seven of my fantasy leagues last week was iffy because I had Camara in one or two of them, Barkley in one or two of them. So I was right in that spot where I needed production from a running back. So uh, he was available on almost all of the waiver wires and I picked him up where I could and I had him in all my lineups Saturday night. And then Sunday morning, I got skittish. So I just hedged. I only put him in half because I didn't want a goose egg and then have me lose every one, every matchup. So lo and behold, the three that I had him in, I won. And the two that I left him off, I lost. And it's, it's as simple as that. It's those, those huge decisions that you make at this time of year, really, in fantasy that you're like, oh, God, what do I do? What happens if he has a complete like four touches and that's it. And then, Oh yeah. Especially with someone like Belichick and you're not alone in that oh, boat. Yeah. I also didn't start him. I actually had someone ask me for advice on him when I told him to go with Emmanuel Sanders oh. and people were rage dropping this week. So I, I did say, don't hold it against me, but yeah, Belichick, you know, it's, it's not my first rodeo with them. Oh, I hear you. I think if the Patriots win this game, which two of us think that they will. I think they're in the driver's seat to get into the sixth or seventh seed. And who knows if they're actually good, good, they could start mm-hmm. to get closer to the bills because the bills have looked human. Yeah. Uh, well, their defense is just heating up with Jamie Collins coming back over there again. I don't know what's what up with Jamie Collins in new England, but that guy's playing like a top five linebacker and really took him to another level. Yeah. What, let me ask you this, though. If the Falcons pull it off tomorrow, mm-hmm. what do you guys think of their playoff chances? Well, I predicted the Seahawks to beat the Packers with the Russell Wilson magic coming back, and that didn't work. So I really foresaw the Seahawks coming in on their white horse to go grab the sixth or seventh seed in the NFC. Now that looks daunting because they're going to have to not win out, but they're going to have to go on a streak. Otherwise, it's Cody and I's Vikings. It is mm-hmm. the Saints who are in the sixth seed, which that looks very shaky. And then the Panthers, 49ers, Eagles. Am I missing one other one? I think there's one other one. I guess the Falcons. But no, I, I think without Ridley and I don't know, they just they don't they don't excite me. They really don't. Is it, the reason I asked that is because after tomorrow night, they got they got the Jags. Right. Okay. So mm-hmm. they could they could go on a two game heater here and then they'd go in to play the Bucks, which technically at this point only have two fewer losses than they do. Um, <laughs> and then and then they got the Panthers, then they got the Niners, then they got the Lions and then they finish up with the Bills and the Saints um, schedules kind of favorable, uh, you know, but yeah, you're right without Ridley. I mean, the chances are pretty daunting, but. Uh, yeah, I did. I think. They certainly have a schedule to make a run. I just, I don't know. They just don't excite me too much to be as one of those teams you got to look out for. Not yet. If they win tomorrow night when everybody's watching, then I'll, then I'll believe. So Yeah, I still have the Panthers above the Falcons and us Vikings, of course. Um, I think with the, as time goes on in the season, you start to see lower scoring games as people start to get acclimated and these defenses are catching on. And I'm just not sure the Falcons have the defense to keep up with someone yeah. like maybe the 49ers, Panthers, or Vikings. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, Jason, I'm going to go to you to start five and four Saints at four and six Eagles. So another NFC playoff uh, like contention matchup. I like the Eagles again. Okay. I, I think, uh, you know, just watched uh, them for God's sake. I did. I did. I was impressed. I know, granted, they were going up against uh, a lowly Broncos team at home. 
that Broncos are horrible at home. We were talking about home records earlier. Uh, I really like Jalen Hurts. Uh, you know, he in Denver really struggles against those uh, mobile quarterbacks, but Hurts been Hurts has been pulling that stuff out of his hat all all year. Um, you know, so I don't know. I I, I like the Eagles um, getting to what are they? They're four and six right now. Yep. So I think they get get to five and five and six. Uh, the Saints don't. I granted they got Simeon pulling the trigger over there, but the Saints what they've lost two in a row now. They got a good defense that will keep them in this conversation, but it'll they'll have to it'll catch up with them that Simeon won't be able to win them games unless he's like some types of mini Rich Gannon story where he's all of a sudden good. It just doesn't look like that quite yet. Yeah, and I'm not sure that even if they if what Jameis would have stayed healthy, I yeah. I just had a feeling that the Saints were going to start to kind of fizzle out. Yeah, the only thing like that really should scare you, if anything, about them is their defense is pretty solid. Yeah, it's real good. Here's the deal on Hurts, and I said this a month ago, and I'm going to say it again. So he kind of has the pizzazz, the look, the name, and the reputation around him to be good quick like right now as a youngster he should be as good as Herbert should threaten Mahomes just based on his aura but in reality he's just like every other youngster not named Herbert or Mahomes he's developing he's finding his way in this league when it's all said and done he could be like Kyler Murray or he could be you know the 16th or 17th best quarterback in the league but he's on a pathway to find that out so when you look at him a month ago and you watch some of his games and you're like there was one notable game against the Cowboys Monday Night Football where they just looked like poop and people are like yeah hurt hurt sucks and I'm like this is his ninth start of his career you have to give these talented guys at least three seasons and I think he's just going to get better brick by brick and I don't know if he's going to be quite as good as Kyler Murray um, but he needs time and I think each week he gets a little bit better and then if you play fantasy which a lot of listeners do he's as steady as it gets for fantasy so you can never bench him there um, on the prediction side of this I'll, I will take that Eagles momentum to and it's at home uh, I'll take them to win 27-24. Cody, give us Saints-Eagles. Well, uh, with the Saints and Eagles, I do have to agree with, you mentioned brick by brick. Uh, another thing to point out with Jalen Hurts is he doesn't have a bunch of turnovers, which is a good brick for a foundation. Mm-hmm. He has a good rushing floor, can pick up a first down if needed. And he just doesn't have – you look at same Darnold over here who's doing the same things he was, he was doing with the Jets, and Jalen Hurts doesn't play anything like that guy. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles need to just be happy with him. Uh, that said, uh, the, I'm just looking at some stats here um, that I wrote down mm-hmm. earlier that if the Eagles are able to run the ball on these Saints, I think that's for sure – that's a game. And the Eagles have been running the ball a lot more lately. But uh, the Saints pass or the Saints passing defense is really not very good. Uh, really? So they get they give up 25th in the league um, for uh, yards per pass, and they're sorry, just one second. So they must and they're compiling. They must uh, I'm just gonna leave these stats behind. Sorry, yeah, these are all kind of mixed up, but. Um, I think the Saints really key in on stopping the run. Uh, if the Eagles are able to beat that, especially with Jordan Howard rushing for two touchdowns every game, 
Uh, I don't think Trevor Simeon's going to be able to keep up with that Eagles defense. Uh, they're right now 11th in the league against the pass and the Saints, even with Jamin's Winston in there for the first half of the season, or 31st in the NFL in passing yards. Yeah. This is not the Saints that we used to know that would be able to catch up once they get in a hole. Yeah, it's funny because uh, even before Wentz got hurt, or excuse me, uh, Winston got hurt. He was doing his damage with those those weird game manager passing stat totals and then piling on the touchdowns at least. Uh, yeah, five in week one. Yeah, to produce wins, but he was having like 180 yards and all this dink, this little dinker stuff, and you're like, what's the deal? So mm-hmm. That's not the Jameis we know. No. All right, let's go to – I'll take this one, 49ers, Jaguars. 49ers are four and five, a very impressive performance on Monday Night Football against the two and seven Jaguars. I don't think this one's going to be close at all. I think the 49ers are a good team that is going to get back to close to 500. This is in Jacksonville, but I think this one is going to be a beatdown. I think the Niners will be there to contend for the seventh or sixth seed. So I'm going to take the 49ers 30 to six. Uh, I do like what they do on offense, the creativity or the movement more or less. And then Debo Samuel is like uh, a wide receiver version of Christian McCaffrey for fantasy that is just guaranteed points and they know how to use him so well in that offense. So I say an absolute beat down 30 to six 49ers. Jason, what do you got? Yeah, I don't have much more to add there. I, I mean, Niners, I, they looked real good. Yeah. Um, I, it, very impressive. Um, I liked what I saw from them. And yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add to what you just said. I, I like the Niners carrying their momentum. That's all right. Cody, Niners, Jags. Uh, also got the Niners in this one. Uh, Jags were kind of inspiring against Buffalo. Team with like Jacksonville, you don't get too many of those games a year. Um, uh, you said uh, Debo reminded you of a wide receiver, Christian McCaffrey. For me, I was having Percy Harvin memories. <laughs> well, stylist, stylistically, yeah. Stylistically, <laughs> yeah. I'm, ta- I'm talking about seeing him in a lineup every week. You're like, God, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yep. Like playing Cooper Cup or something like that. But yeah, watching Debo, he's like what I was, gives me memories of Percy Harvin before uh, we traded him to Seattle. Yeah. But I have the 49ers. Uh, I think they're going to take this one handily. For 14 points at least. Okay. No, but the way with the way that things are going this year, though, <laughs> right? Oh yeah. I mean, God, it wouldn't surprise me if Jacksonville won that. Yeah, there's so much parity. You know, it's goofy, Cody, on the Vikings aspect of this. So there's kind of been a little bit of simmering chat about Shanahan to the Vikings if Zimmer's canned and if the 49ers finish like 7-10 and 10 or something, in theory, they canned him, then Shanahan would come coach the Vikings. The funny part is, is, you know, there's an appetite for that, but then the Vikings would run the ball even more. Mm-hmm. And we have and, this utopian vision that we're going to get this pass happy offense and we're going to get Jefferson Thielen, all these Irv Smith involved. But if, if you got Shanahan and he blueprinted it based on how he usually does things, we're going to have like four running backs. We're going to be running the ball more so than Zimmer ever did. And it would yeah. be quite funny. You know, yeah, he know, does run a lot. I don't know if people yeah. realize that. And it's funny you mention it because I've been thinking about it too. I was wondering, I was like, man, if the 49ers won again, so maybe they're not going to fire their coach. And then I was thinking about his shortcomings in the fourth quarters. And I was like, man, he'd be such a perfect Vikings coach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of coaching changes, there's talks about Zimmer coming to Denver. 
Is there really you get another defense? I would not guy? be. St- well, I mean, George Cade relationship. This? Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you call a spud a spud? Vic Fangio is pretty much the same as Mike Zimmer. Yeah. Oh, man. man. Oh, don't get. Oh. You'd have three defensive coaches in a row. <laughs> oh, man. It's worked out well for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> this game sounds so atrocious. In my brain from four years ago, this game sounds so atrocious. Cody Go Lions, Browns. Oh, this is the Madden Bowl. <laughs> this is the teams that I used to try to rebuild and just <laughs> cut everybody because they weren't any good. Um, Lions, Lions, Browns. I definitely have the Browns taking this one. Uh, what stuck out to me earlier about their numbers was their rushing attack versus Detroit's run defense. And we know the Browns love to run the ball. Uh, Cleveland's offense versus Detroit's defense. They got the number one rushing offense versus the 30th rush defense. They're averaging even their passing a game. If they get a little behind from due to game script, um, they're the lions are worse uh, for yards per pass, the worse in the Holy uh, Browns are up there in the top half at night. And then you got Detroit's offense versus Cleveland's defense. Uh, they've given up the eighth most sacks in the NFL and the Browns are first. So Miles Garrett is definitely, he's got his bib on, his forks are ready. He's ready to go to Detroit and eat. It is not going to be a good day to be a Detroit Lion. Uh, I think the Browns also handily take this one. Uh, like we said about the Jaguars, you only get a couple of those games a year, even though the Lions have been in, a, been in some of them. But I think that says more about the other teams than it does them. Uh, I think Cleveland goes in there and keeps their eye on that division title and takes care of business for sure. Nick Chubb takes care of business, I should say. That's at home, too, and they're favored by 12. Jason, give me your take on old Detroit at Cleveland. Chubb is playing. I thought he was out. Uh, I'm pretty sure he's playing. I have him in a few lineups, and I wasn't too worried about it, but now you have him checking. (laughs) Well, I I mean – it's proved. Yeah. I mean, I like, I was going to say that the lions get their first win this week, but no, they're saving that for Denver in three weeks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, no, yeah. Uh, the, the Browns are going to get back above 500 here. Um, I think, I think it's going to be a little closer than people think. Um, maybe like, a I don't know, 2013, something like that. Ooh, that is pretty tight. Uh, yeah, and uh, Chubb is actually not a lock to be back, but I mean, you could stick in Deanna's Johnson, oh, yeah. Jones Drew, um, Barry Sanders. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I uh, I don't think this one will be close, not because the Lions aren't due for a win or because that they're just pitiful or anything. I think it's because the Browns desperately need to get back on track. They need a statement win. They're at home. Uh, good Baker needs to show up. This opponent is tailor made for them to get back on track. And they have to, because the AFC playoff picture is so crowded. We talked about this last week. It's not quite like the NFC where you got these teams just floating at four and five. Everybody in the AFC is floating uh, at five and four, five and five and six and five. So the Browns out of necessity, if they are indeed a good team must win. And I have them smoking the Browns, uh, the lions 41 to six. Ooh. Yeah. Yep. All right. Uh, Jason, the three and six Washington football team who somehow has Tom Brady's number, according to the media versus the five and five Panthers who will probably have Cameron Newton starting. 
I like Washington. I like Washington 24-17. Are you just going to pick every underdog? No, I, I mean, I think, I think, you know, I mean, beating the Bucks has to give a team like Washington a jolt of confidence. Um, and I've always said, I said a few times earlier this year that that, that that defense eventually has to come around, come back around. And, and I am not at all concerned or scared by what I saw with Cam Newton last week, even though, you know, he made the highlights and he did a little bit of everything and he was there and it was glorified all over sports center. I think the Washington defense is going to stop that dead in its tracks. If that tries to get happen. I mean, and going up against uh, Rivera too. So I think, I think the Washington gets, gets their second win in a row. Cody, did you see my tweet about Cam Newton a few nights ago? No, mm-hmm. evidently, evidently not. So on that <laughs> Sunday, you know, once you're done watching the Vikings or the Broncos for the folks on this show, uh, then you go look and see the highlights. You're like, oh, Cam balled out. He had seven snaps in that game. Yeah. Yeah. He had four rushes and three passes or the other way around. And then he scored on two of them in the red zone. But I swear to God, based on the highlights on television or on Twitter, it looked like he just drugged them to victory. Yeah, yeah. But you know, he had hardly played. Oh, <laughs> so. uh, I'm gonna have to go back and watch because I thought he had seven snaps. I, I was hoping he looked good from the highlights. Well, no, no, no. He he like he did great in the moments. The it was like Taysom Hill. They drew him up like Taysom Hill. But the way that they did the highlights and the way that he took his helmet off and says, "You know, bitch, I'm back" and I'm all this. Back. Yeah. Like he played seven snaps and otherwise <laughs> it was PJ Walker running the show who wasn't very good, but I, I swear the media narrative was that cam, you know, took the opening snap and then just took these Panthers home for glory. That's not how it went. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to rewatch anything. Cody. <laughs> if you saw the highlights, you saw it. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what PJ Walker would have done if he threw for four touchdowns and absolutely blew him out or the Panthers. Do you think they're still starting cam this next week? No, I mean Cam deserves it. He he had his in his, yeah. his his touches he maximized. So I hope hope yeah. this isn't isn't perceived as Cam slander. It's just weird that I thought like, oh boy, he really he really just he bootstrap levitated these boys. But no, he hardly played. Yeah, it was interesting. All right, Cody, give us uh, your prediction for football team at Panthers. Sweet. Well, actually, in this one, I have the Panthers winning. Uh, I do have it less than a score. Um, I do have them taking the spread, which is at least three and a half. So probably about like six, five, something like that. Uh, definitely a game I'm going to be keeping an eye on since it is like the Carolina Panthers reunion with stuff like that is always cool. Um, let's see. I'm looking at my notes real quick. Uh, I do have to put in that Carolina's defense is playing excellent. Uh, they loaded up on defensive players. I think all of their draft picks last year was on defense, um, and then they added Stephon Gilmore to that DB room. I have Carolina as our main competition, um, assuming that Cam Newton comes back and he can throw the ball to Christian McCaffrey a uh, hundred times, like he did two, three years ago. But I have them as our main competition for the playoffs. I think uh, Washington just losing Chase Young for the year with ACO. That damn field. Brady's awesome and all. But um, I'm not so sure they have enough juice to go against this Carolina defense. Uh, I think all, all their running backs are super overrated. Love me some Terry McLaurin, and I'm rooting for Taylor Heineke. But I think Ron Rivera uh, goes back home to Carolina and takes home a close loss. 
think Cam Newton comes back and a lot of people will regret not picking him up in fantasy just probably from the rushing upside. But uh, based on Cam doing all right and being able to throw the ball to his running back, I have Washington definitely taking this by a little more than a field goal. I have the Panthers 23 to 17. The Panthers do have an underrated defense. Uh, somehow the Vikings put up third most yards in the Vikings franchise history against the Panthers. I have no idea how they did that. It didn't really hey, feel- I called that one too, Dustin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it didn't even really feel like it, but they did. And KJ Osborne walked them off, yada, yada, yada. Um, but the, the Washington football team is without, I think, both their edge rushers now, the uh, Sweat and Young. And the defense hasn't been good at all up until they played the Super Bowl champions. Go figure that one out. And I just take, I'm taking the home team. I think the cam magic will work. I don't think it'll be a blowout. And the thing about Taylor Heineke is like, he shows grit in certain primetime games and, you know, he's got kind of a playground mm-hmm. style, but I'm telling you that he's flat out, not very good. <laughs> if you look at his statistics on every metric that's out there, DVOA, EPA, QBR, PFF, he's not that good. Unless, unless all of those are wrong. Um, you know, he's just simply not that good. He gets a lot of positive hype, which is fine from going head to head to head with Brady. So, and, uh, I got, I was curious about y'all's opinion on this. What happens with Sam Darnold? Is he just in that locker room watching the whole team, uh, circle the wagons with cam newton just over there in the corner watching them if since he's on ir does he hang out somewhere else what do you think that dynamic is like going on over there i mean you got robbie anderson over here looking at cam newton in these interviews like he's the next best thing and then cussing out sam darnold on the sideline yeah i was gonna ask the exact same question what what a weird situation to be in yeah he is headed the way of Mitchell Trubisky. He won't be the Panthers starting quarterback and no team is going to try to salvage him until he's proven uh, he can do it in a backup capacity. And that's, that's really crappy to say for such a young quarterback, but he's another one. He might even be worse than Heineke. He's flat out. Not very good. There are certain flashes where he looks like, Oh, this is why he got drafted so high. But to date in two franchises, He's not, not been very good. And when he was good for three weeks, it's because Christian McCaffrey was healthy and the defense was humming. Um, so he's going to end up after his rookie contract is over, backing up somewhere and hoping for another shot in the NFL. And that leads me to, we're getting somewhat close to draft season in about two or three months. And I swear to God, um, during those three months, we always put this shine on every single quarterback that's going to go in the first round in hardly any of them ever live up to it. It's like one guy per year turns out good out of the class, but for three months, there's four or five dudes that can do no wrong and they're guaranteed to be good. And they hardly ever are. So get prepared. I'm going to be pounding that drum. Cause I get so sick of it. They're like, Oh, why? And then you ask people about it three years after like you love Darnold. They'll be like, Oh no, I didn't think he was going to. No, yeah. I, yeah. And you're like, nah, we got the receipts. You loved him. Yeah. Yes. I think the jets got me with Zach Wilson this year, but hopefully he turns out. Okay. Normally I'm like, no, I'm not going to get, on the Jets hype I'm not gonna do it and then Zach Wilson was just so awesome yeah here we are and I I bought into Mac Jones like (laughs) who I bought into Soleil turning them around which he still might do it's early uh, but I thought that he would be a culture changer and so far it's taken longer than he expected except for his verbal fuse with Rex with Rex Ryan which are pretty sweet oh you got to give that you got to give that guy at least next year too right I mean new, new head coach new new quarterback um I think it's going to be a different Jets than what we've seen. I think they can do it. Um, but yeah, Fields, I watched. He looked pretty good. He had some glimpses uh, the other night when I watched him. What, what that last uh, evening game where they lost? Uh, yeah, to the Steelers. Uh, to the Steelers. Yeah, 
Yeah, he had his moment. He had like a uh, primetime moment where he should have led a game-winning drive, but the Steelers and Steelers were Tomlin, and they they, they nipped him and got back. Um, so yeah, Fields is definitely showing the 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 DNA to be good. It's just it's going to take a while. Like, and it's the same speech I gave twenty minutes ago that nobody is Mahomes and fewer Herbert, and we always mm-hmm. expect these guys to be good like that, and it yeah. hardly ever happens. All right, Wes is on the show, and. I, you couldn't What's have scripted, fellas? You, you couldn't have scripted <laughs> this better, sir, because we are two Packers Vikings, and I'm—I kid you not—they're on the nice. docket. So <laughs> you are an eternal Vikings fan, like a lot of us that listen to the show. So give us analysis of Packers Vikings and a prediction. Uh, Packers Vikings, regardless of how either team is ever playing, it's always close. Uh, we always tend to split the series. Um, very rarely does one team sweep, um, I believe we're at home this week. So I, mm-hmm. I, I think the Vikings take it, uh, we'll say 32 to 28. It's a lot of points for a Vikings home game, but I'll take it if it, if it means a victory. Yeah. Um, uh, so the Vikings, are very good in noon home games. It's, it's a strange phenomenon. There's been a lot of talk about it when the schedule comes out, like how many noon home games we have. It's a real thing. Uh, since Zimmer took over, uh, the Vikings, I believe, are third best in the NFL in that time slot at home, and they just play very, very well. That's why I thought, uh, Wes, that you were uh, a shoe-in when you came to the Browns game that they, they would get a win because that was their time <laughs> slot. But they decided to be anemic on, on that afternoon. Uh, I do like the Vikings here because of the desperation factor for the head coach. Uh, He can't afford to lose to the Packers three straight times at home. If they do lose to the Packers, it will be three straight times at home in 2019 or yeah, 2019. They tried to go to sleep down the stretch of the regular season and they lost, I believe in a Monday night game or maybe no Sunday night game to the Packers. And then last year, the home opener, they looked like trash and they, they had a shootout there without fans and they lost. Um, I don't think that the Vikings are better than the Packers on the whole, but I do like the U.S. Bank uh, Stadium mojo. And I think the Vikings will win 24 to 20. Jason, you made a name for yourself with Vikings Twitter for having a accurate prediction about Minnesota upending the Chargers. So tell us your take on a Vikings home game against their primary foe. Yeah, I like the Vikings at home as well. I think, uh, you know, they they carry a little of that momentum coming off a good win against the Chargers uh, back to uh, Minneapolis. And yeah, I, I mean, I think they I think they squeak it out. I don't you know, I mean, obviously, like Wes said, it's it's I've never I don't know. I don't know that I've ever remembered uh, a blowout in either in either direction watching those two teams play. They're, when the Vikings are in transitional periods of their history, they've gotten their asses wiped off the map when Ponder's demise. Ponder. And, and then there was a game at the end of 2016 when the wheels were fully coming off that in Lambeau, they beat us pretty badly, but Thielen had like 200 receiving yards. It was really weird. Uh, Cody, you don't have to pick the Vikings. It sounds like uh, I don't want to make you feel like you have to, uh, but who do you got and why? Uh, I got the... Vikings um, by three points. I definitely think it's going to be close like all of our games. Uh, I want to say somewhere around the range of 21-18, 15-12. 
Uh, I th- do think it's going to be low scoring. Our yep. defense so- somehow has stepped up without Daniel Hunter recently, and we're bringing Pat P back. Um, Green Bay's defense has stepped up recently as well. They're going to be without Aaron Jones. Uh, so I do think they're going to be running the ball a lot at us. It's uh, definitely a weakness we have, despite having three or two or three nose tackles on the <laughs> roster. Um, uh, also, Green Bay is the least penalized team in the league, and we're 31st. And I feel like uh, the refs, well, a lot of the times, will play a factor in the games we have with Green Bay. So hopefully, since it's at our stadium, it's not so bad and it's not something that's decided by one or two flags, but if we play a clean game, I definitely think we could take this against green Bay at home. Yeah, they, uh, I did want to say cook Davin cook is aiming for his fifth game in a row versus green Bay with a touchdown. So hopefully he gets those on track. And then Devonte Adams has two records against us. He's aiming for his third, two plus touchdown game against us and his in a row. Uh, uh, and then, or no, not in a row. And then his third 13-plus uh, catch game in a row at the Vikings. So the last two times he's come here, Devontae Adams has crushed us. If we could make them go one-dimensional to A.J. Dillon and somehow stop that, we're taking this. But if Devontae <laughs> Adams gets loose, we're just going to have to play catch-up, which uh, their defense versus ours, uh, we're both pretty stout right now. But I have a little bit more faith in their defense. One thing to remember about Aaron Rodgers and the Vikings with Mike Zimmer is it's very uh, trendy or tempting to think, oh, Rodgers always destroys the Vikings. On the whole, that's true. But when, when since Zimmer's been in charge, compared to what Rodgers does to other teams, Zimmer has always played him well in the collective mm-hmm. span of the body of work. It's not like Rodgers comes in and just steamrolls the Zimmer Vikings. It's flat out, if you if you think that, then you're not looking at the numbers, you're not watching the games. Usually Zimmer finds a way to stifle uh, Rodgers, and last year there weren't any fans in the stadium, and Rodgers had had a field day, but uh, there's, a, there's a misnomer that Rodgers always kills the Vikings, and Relatively speaking, since he entered the league, that's a true statement. But against the Zimmer version of the Vikings, he comes down a notch. So remember. Yeah, it's definitely Devontae Adams that gets us. And you don't (laughs) see Aaron Rodgers running around our sideline saying he owns us. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, Cardinals, eight and two. And who knows if Murray's going to play? Who knows if Hopkins is going to play? They've been like game time decisions for the last two weeks. At the three and six desperate ass Seahawks. Jason. Give us your prognostication. Seahawks, for right. sure. Here we go again. Yes. <laughs> yes, All indeed. I got a big game from Russell Wilson coming on the horizon, and uh, DK is going to have his biggest game of the year, too. Um, w- Wilson has no choice but to come out and do something different than what he did last week. Now, granted, that was a horrible week for him to come back to um, with the nasty weather out there in Green Bay and in Green Bay beans, you know, you know, at that point, seven and two. But yeah, I, I, I like uh, Russell Wilson, DK and the Seahawks and what would be classified as an upset two years ago. It wouldn't have been, but this year for sure. No, if if they want to get to the playoffs and Russell Wilson's teams always get to the playoffs, they have to win this game with Murray or Colt McCoy or, you know, Jack the Ripper. They got to find a way to win the game. <laughs> yep. uh, Wes, cards at Seahawks, battle of the birds. Yeah, uh, cards at Seahawks. Um, 
I'm going to stick to my guns here. And uh, I said that the Seahawks will miss the playoffs. Um, this will probably be the nail in the coffin for them. I believe it'll bury them in the division and they won't be able to make up the ground needed to get back into the playoffs. I believe Kyler Murray will play this week. Um, if he plays, uh, you know, book Arizona to um, return to the win column. Uh, they had a slip up last week. Um, so, so long as Murray plays, I have Arizona winning this game. If for some reason Murray is not in um, or if he's hobbled, then that gives light to Seattle to keep this one close and possibly pull off a, a victory. Usually when I make predictions, I err on the side of the desperate team and Russell Wilson, I still say no matter what happened last week or whatever pins came out of his fingers, I think he's the best, second best, excuse me, quarterback in football on the whole. Mahomes is first, no matter how average he's played. So I, I'm going to take the desperate team with or without Murray. I say the Seahawks 30 to 24. Cody, what do you got? Leading up to this conversation, I almost picked the Cardinals um, and then listening to what y'all had to say, uh, especially the part about Russell Wilson, I got the Seahawks, uh, I believe, but everything was, yeah, I got the Seahawks. I do got to say everything lines up for the Cardinals to take advantage of this uh, whenever it comes to offenses versus defensive side of the ball. The Cardinals are in the top quarter of the NFL teams on offense. Seahawks are in the bottom quarter <laughs> in most categories on defense. Um, it's definitely a desperate game for Russell Wilson. I don't think it will be the nail in the coffin if they lose. It would totally be some Russell Wilson stuff to come out and take that seventh seed after everybody thinking they're done. But I don't think he has any support over there. You don't even have Chris Carson. I don't think he's even coming back yet. Uh, it's just Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, a couple linebackers, and Tyler Lockett. Yeah, that might be enough to be able to upset the Cardinals and the Cardinals could probably drop one here without being in too much trouble. So I'll definitely take the Seattle Seahawks and they probably make a statement win, probably 10 plus. Uh, it definitely if Kyler Murray does not play, if they win at all. Uh, Las Vegas believes that Car or Murray is playing because they still have the line by two points. They're two point favorites. So. If you're trying to start Murray in fantasy, Vegas believes it's going to happen. Uh, the next one is the absolute game of the week. It is the Dallas Cowboys 7-2 and two at 6-4 and four Chiefs. The Chiefs have won three straight. Two of those wins were meh or ugly. The one last week and the second half really got rolling. Mahomes had a vintage Mahomes night. They appear to be getting back to normal after whatever the hell happened to them for a month, month and a half. They just look pedestrian. And as Jason said last week, they just look like a bunch of fast players that were trying to play football. Yeah. Uh, this, I, I don't think they're, they're dead uh, one bit. Um, I think they're going to win this game. I don't think it'll be, uh, I don't think they'll beat their ass like the Broncos did um, because that's a, a Bronco thing to take down Dallas like that. Um, but I'll say the chiefs, 38-31, and that gets them to 7-4, and four, and then we're going to look back and think, what the heck was that back in October when they played, like, the Giants? And that's just kind of what happened. Jason, Cowboys at Chiefs. I like the Cowboys, uh, I think. <laughs> Everything opposite. Well, no, I mean, I think I think what we saw the other night against Oakland, or I keep saying Oakland, but Vegas was, um, it appeared to me that Vegas was playing 
the Chiefs, like the same way every team played against them last year defensively. Yeah. For the most part, um, defenses this year have done a heck of a job figuring out that offense. And for whatever reason, the, 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 the Raiders did not adhere to that the other night. And, and yes, the, the chiefs looked exactly how they we've got, we've gotten used to them looking over the last three years, but I think the Cowboys um, are, uh, are uh, certainly a more uh, competent organization right now than, than Vegas um, way better coached. And I think the chiefs will come in and go back to kind of what we've been used to seeing. I don't think that they can put up 30 points against the Cowboys, I like the Cowboys like 24 or 17. Ooh, boy. That's kind of a squeaker for Chiefs and Arrowhead standards. Cody, you're going to say hometown, but your uh, state mate Cowboys, who you don't like, at the Chiefs. Well, so this is actually going to be my second lock of the week. I have Dallas for sure beating Kansas City. Oh, my um, goodness. It's not even a doubt in my mind. Uh, old brave everybody's souls. Talking the, <laughs> everybody's talking about the Chiefs being back. Pat Mahomes returned to glory last week with 400 <laughs> yards and five touchdowns. Uh, I have Dallas taking this one. Um, let's go 35 21. Uh, that's an ass kicking. Yeah, Kansas City defense faces that high flying Dallas offense. Their side set on that playoff by. Uh, Dallas is. They just allowed 214 yards, forcing three turnovers against Atlanta with that butt whooping. Um, CEH, he's probably not going to return yet, uh, so they're not really going to have that ground and pound, control the clock. That's kind of more Dallas's game. So I think with Zeke and Pollard, who are both, I mean, they're amazing this year. Uh, I think that they're going to do everything they can. I mean, they're a smart team. They're going to keep Pat Mahomes off the field. That's a pretty good game plan right there. Uh, I do got to say Dallas is eight and one against the spread and three and oh is underdogs. And this is a game that a lot of people are picking the chiefs to win. Oh no, actually it's the Cowboys to win. Uh, but still, I think the Cowboys cover the spread and I think that this is a game that has some cool plays, but I don't think it's really close. You could tell the media was so excited that, the Chiefs and Mahomes were back. Like, like it was everywhere. Oh, they haven't stopped about it. Oh, they announced it was such an announcement across the board that Mahomes is back. Where were you, yeah. young man? Uh, all right, Wes. These these two brazen men have taken the Cowboys. One of them very handily over the Chiefs. I have the Chiefs. You're going to either tie us up or go in the direction of the Cowboys. What do you got? I'm going to go in the direction of the Cowboys. Wow. Um. The, the victory against Vegas was needed and underwhelming. Um, <laughs> I think Vegas is a team that's about to completely fall apart with uh, without their head coach and, you know, everything, all the turmoil surrounding the team recently. I, I just don't, I don't think they have enough leaders to galvanize them to continue to play well. So I, uh, don't see that as a, a positive or plus win for Kansas City. Um, I, I think Dallas has just too much uh, too, too much firepower uh, for the Chiefs defense, and I think that their defense can play well enough to um, 
combat any Mahomes comeback. All right. Well, it's me against the world here, supporting <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. That's look where we are. This is weird. Um, all right. So we'll do one more in-depth analysis and then we'll do rapid fire because uh, we're running short on time. So I'll take I'll take what I consider the best game remaining for in-depth analysis. And that's a very interesting game. Um, it is an old division rivalry or used to be a division rivalry. Let me put it that way. It's not anymore. The five and five Colts at the six and three bills. Uh, this one is very intriguing because the Colts started off 0 and three and now boom, here they are five and five trying to get in the playoffs. Um, and I've, Wes will tell you, I've said this about 14 times on this show since we started that earlier in the year, they're one of the best structurally sound franchises in football so it's no surprise to me that they're back to five and five uh i do like the bills to win this game mainly because they're at home and even though josh allen doesn't deserve to be an mvp talks compared to his peers even though he is uh i think they'll win it by a smidgen so i'll say 24 21 bills jason colts at bills colts there we go. Colts, Colts, Colts. Like what you said, they have the tools. They have the team. They have, uh, from what looks to be a competent Carson Wentz playing. Um, yeah, I think the Colts got way more momentum than the Bills do. Once this Colts victory happens, the Bills have a lot to worry about. Yeah, they uh, they certainly would because then the then the Patriots are right there nipping at their heels. They might the even Patri- be. They might even yeah. be in second place in the East after that, if that happens. Exactly. So, yeah, I don't know. I just think the Colts got the momentum on their side after such a lowly start, and and the Bills are just trending down. I mean, the, four weeks ago, I was looking at the Bills like they could potentially be the most, you know, the best team in football and in, in, in what they allowed to happen against Jacksonville. How does that happen? I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, I, that team is in there somewhere. So even if they come out and put down an ass whooping on some other team, I mean, you still know that that team is capable of showing up, which is very concerning for me. I mean, I, I thought that they were one of the better coach teams, one of the better well-rounded roster teams in football. And I, I'm just second guessing all of that now. And the Colts, well, we know what they were capable of last year. They replaced their quarterback and got off to that slow start. and now. I, I don't know. I think the momentum's too strong for Indy. The uh, the Bills are struggling to run the football with a consistent prowess. When they do run the football, it's with their quarterback, and that can only get you so far. Uh, the other thing, if anybody cares, this is a rematch of a playoff game last year that was very competitive, the Bills and Colts. Wes, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I, I think this is a must-win game for the Colts. Uh, just looking at their uh, the rest of their schedule, uh, it in a normal or in a previous year, it would be screaming eight and eight. Now it's screaming either nine and eight or eight and nine, which nine and eight might be good enough to get them in the playoffs, but they got the bills. Uh, then they host the Buccaneers at the Texans host, the Patriots at the Cardinals host, the Raiders at the Jaguars. So um, I, I see either four wins or three wins uh, across that stretch. Um, uh, I would say one of the next two weeks is probably the most important for them. Uh, either beat the Bills uh, in Buffalo or beat the Buccaneers at home. Um, 
I am on everybody else's boat with the the Bills underwhelmed against the Jaguars, and um, you know I'm thinking the Colts might go in there and uh, smack them in their nose as well. Well, it's me against the world again here. Uh, <laughs> Cody, Bills or Colts? Uh, I actually have the Bills taking this one. There we go. Um, let's say by by seven. Um, We'll say 28-21. Coming into this game, you got the red hot Jonathan Taylor leading the league in uh, rushing yards, 937 over 10 games. Um, If the Bills, and mind you, the Bills' defense is allowing a league low 15 points per game, they're pretty much near the top of every category. If they can stifle that red hot Jonathan Taylor and put the ball in Carson Wentz's hands, both these teams, uh, the Bills are plus 14 in turnover differential, and the Colts are second at plus 11. If you can put the ball in Carson Wentz's hands, who's he's been good this year. He's not MVP level or anything like that, and he's not a jugs machine like he was last year. Uh, if you could put the hand, ball in his hands and have him throw it a bunch and not really lean on the ground game, I'm thinking you're probably – likely to get a turnover out of them, at least compared to Josh Allen. We still got to remember these same bills that lost the Jaguars went into New York last week and beat them 45 to 17. Uh, As bad as the Jets are, that's still a professional football team. And they're probably in the same realm as the Jags. So last week really could have been a get right game for them. They could make Carson Wentz throw the ball. I think being plus one in the turnover department this week, with these two teams is going to be the thing that wins the game. All right, for this final segment, <clears throat> since we're short on time, I politely I want zero analysis and scores only. So rapid fire. Wes, Texans at Titans. Titans. What score? Uh 27-13. All right, Cody, Texan or Texans at Titans. Uh I got Titans 35, Texans 14. Jason Texans at Titans. Titans 28-10. All right, I got Titans 30 to 10. Jason Ravens 6 and 3 at Bears 3 and 6. Let's go Bears. <laughs> 24-17. 24 All right, Ravens at Bears, Cody. Uh Ravens at Bears. Uh I actually got the Bears too. Um I think Bears will take this one. By about three, seventeen, fourteen. Yeah, that sounds like a Ravens Bears score to me. Uh, Wes, Ravens or Bears? Uh, yeah, I would like the Ravens to win, but Bears coming off a bye, uh, playing in Chicago. We as Vikings fans know that it doesn't really bode well for opposing teams. I will say uh, sixteen to three Bears. You guys are so strange tonight across the board betting against Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I have the Ravens 21 to 16 and Dolphins at Jets. Yuck. Uh, Wes, give me your score. Uh, Let's go Dolphins. 24 Jets. 13. Cody, Dolphins, Jets. 
I'm not a Joe Flacco believer. I got Dolphins by at least 10. Uh, give me Dolphins 27. Uh, Jets 10. Jason is a Joe, Fo- Joe Flacco believer. Dolphins at Jets. <laughs> Joe Flacco's <laughs> playing? Yeah. <laughs> well, in that case, I mean, I'm calling a tie at 17. Uh, you hear it here first. <laughs> Go bet on that tie. Uh, let's see. This one's weird enough. So Tua is playing banged up. I'm actually going to go. This one's weird enough to go with the Jets and put some faith in Soleil. I have 20 to 17 Jets over Dolphins. But just as long as you know, Flacco's the understood quarterback. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's the one who always, always thinks he's going to go start somewhere here. <laughs> that time Drew Locke slapped him in his ass. Yeah, that was great. All right, Jason. Five, another, another good game, another pivotal game for playoff positioning. Five and four Bengals at five and four Raiders. I'm going the Bengals. Uh, let's call that 31-21. Cody, Bengals uh, at Raiders. I'm going, I'm going Bengals as well. Uh, um, let's do Bengals by 10. Uh, 21. No, I'm sorry. Uh, 35-21 Bengals. I'd like to point out if the Bengals somehow lose this game, it will really be indicative of a total fall from grace. That will have been three straight losses from a 41-17 drubbing that they gave to the Ravens. It would be complete collapse. Wes, with that said, sir, uh, Bengals at Raiders. Uh, Bengals coming off of a bye. So uh, we'll say uh, 31 to 24. I'm going against against the grain, not because I really believe in the Raiders, but uh, I do think they're a pretty decent football team. So I'm going to take the Raiders 30 to 27 over the Bengals. <clears throat> Wes Steelers, five, three and one charger at chargers, five and four Sunday night football. Chargers because Ben's not going more than likely. So I will say 24 to 16. Cody, the Steelers, no matter how good or bad they are, usually don't get their doors blown off just for context. So Steelers at Chargers. Steelers like to play like the Vikings do. They get Najee going. I think they win by three. Keep it close the whole time. Uh, Let's say 24-21. Steelers, huh? Mm -hmm. All right, Jason. Steelers at Chargers Sunday Night Football. I really hope your prediction comes true, Cody. I really do. I hope that the Steelers can beat the Chargers. This is actually one AFC West team that I am going to pick. I'm going to go 24-10 Chargers. That's pretty – that'd be pretty – that one depends on – I mean, we talk about Roethlisberger as if it's really big if he's there, but he's just kind of like in that uh, Taylor Heineke territory Mm -hmm. right now where he's good kind of when the game's on the line, but – yeah, not, not not really anymore <laughs> yeah. um, by the metrics. And that was one of the big predictions that I got wrong this year is thinking that he would actually be back and decent, but he hasn't been. But, but they're somehow, five and three. Yeah, somehow they're five, three, and one. They should be six <laughs> and three if they get their poop in a group against the worst team in the world. Uh, I'll take Chargers here. They're a little pissed about the Vikings dinging them up. So I've got the Chargers 24 to 17. And that brings us to Monday Night Football and probably a snoozer, unless the Giants pull some anti-Brady magic that we've seen notably before. Um, this is three and six Giants at six and three Buccaneers. And I am going to take the Buccaneers 38 to 17 over the Giants, as Jerry Jones calls them. Jason, Giants at Buccaneers. 
Giants 21 17. That's, this is a trend. This is if you, if you believe in all this, you should have this fat ass parlay bet that you that you place because right. because you would that thing, that thing would be humongous. Even if you put like a dollar on it, every ounce of me wanted to pick the Bucks, dude. Every ounce of me did, but I just think the Giants aren't that bad, though. I mean, collectively, they're not a bad team, and and the, if in fact that happens. That means that those two teams are only two wins and two losses apart from one another. Correct. Even though everybody would clearly take the Buccaneers over the Giants, but <laughs> it's just it, it it just it never ceases to amaze me what's happening this year in football. Yeah, and there's the most parody that I've ever seen, and it's pretty damn cool. All right, uh, Cody, Giants and Buccaneers. Uh, for me, this is my lock. I actually have the same one as you, 38-17, uh, Tampa Bay. I do have to say real quick, after Tom Brady beat the Patriots, they asked him if this was the best team for him to beat, and he was quoted saying, the team I love to beat the most is the Giants. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, someone like Tom Brady I wonder why. like that, yeah. you don't pick the other team. Yeah, amen. I, w- I wonder why that is. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then take us away. Wes, thanks for joining there in the last half of the show. Who do you have for a relatively underwhelming Monday night football matchup? Giants at Bucks. I uh, got the Bucks. Uh, I think it'll be a little bit closer. We'll say 27 to 17. All right. All right. So we gave you guys loads of upsets from various members of the panel. And that's all we have. We'll be back next week to go through week 12 stuff. We're getting down to that Thanksgiving slate of games. Uh, But that's all we got for tonight for NFL Trend Zone and peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.